Hey, everybody, this is Jeremy from the My Franchise Football Podcast. And as I told you guys before, I am doing the Scott Fish Bowl this year. And part of the Scott Fish Bowl is charity. So my charity this year is going to be a Mother's Love Initiative. That is a Mother's Love, I-N-I-T-I-A-T-I-V-E.org. And there are two ways that you can donate. The first way is just go right to their website and press donate. Or you can pledge to me. And what I'm doing is $1 for every victory I have in the league. Anyone who wants to make that pledge, just hit me up on Facebook or on Twitter. And I will add you to the list. And then we will report out what the winnings will be at the end of the year. That's a motherlovesinitiative.org. And that's for the Scott Fish Bowl 2022 season. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Pod on You Loons. This is Sam. Pod on You Loons, this is James. We do not have Justin today to pod on with us. He's doing whatever it is that Justin's do, but I have with me, I have Jake. Jake, my old college roommate, who I just took to Allianz Field for the very first time. Jake, how are you doing? Uh, feeling pretty good, even though uh, my first time at Allianz is a bit of a loss, but it was w- definitely worth the time. Not only his first time at Allianz, his first time podcasting. Jake, you're your microphone man. You're you're loud right now. I'm kind of loud and uh, proud, I guess, if you will say so myself. <laughs> okay, I. I, I don't know. Like he, he, you sounded better in like the pre-show talk, but how about now? That's better. That that is better. So a- anyway, you you want to tell us about your first trip to Allianz? Yeah, it was. Uh, is this any better? I want to make sure before I start rambling. Yeah, definitely. Oh, is. But um, no, it was it was an amazing time. I uh, you know I just am recently becoming a Loons fan. Um, my sister and her boyfriend just moved to, back to Minneapolis after a little hiatus down in Nashville. And I've been uh, going back and forth between Minneapolis and, and my hometown and needed some, uh, some fun things to do. And the loons were definitely uh, sparking my interest. So I've been just living it up, following them uh, for this past season and finally got a chance to, to get down there. And it was it was awesome. It was really, really awesome. Now you had been to some because you you lived in Denver for a little while after college. Oh yeah, yeah. How does Allianz compare to wherever it is, like Sports Authority Field or whatever it's called over in suburban Denver? To be honest, it was uh, it was nine day difference. I I don't want to uh, give Minnesota or Minneapolis too much credit, but it was. It was awesome to be able to just like drive, park, and walk pretty much anywhere I wanted to. Um, before the co- podcast, I was reading up on the planning and everything like that with Allianz, and I, I was impressed. They they definitely made it very walkable. Um, as soon as you walk in, it is a full view of the field, which was awesome. 
um, compared to some things in, in Denver, which the last time I was down there, it was probably 2012. So I don't know if they've made any updates, but it was pretty much like walking into a professional field in Minnesota versus a uh, almost a high school field in, in Colorado, which is kind of crazy. I, I, got, I got to point out so the podcast people don't come after us. It is in St. Paul. It's not in Minneapolis. <laughs> people will come after us. Your people in St. Paul get very, yeah. I, me being an outsider, me not being a Twin Cities native, I kind of feel like St. Paul and Minneapolis are the same city. I did live in St. Paul for four years and worked there for 10. So I, I do kind of lean St. Paul. But yeah, people get in a hizzy about it. My apologies. I am an outsider for sure. You're good. Also, Colorado, <laughs> Colorado's uh, field is called Dick's Sporting Good Park, Sporting Goods Park, which is just a terrible name. I think at one point it was Sports Authority Field. Like Sports Authority was a big sporting goods chain that I think are gone now. I think they're complete. I think they've completely gone under. And Dick's Sporting Goods bought up a lot of the old Sports Authority properties. So I went. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it says but that's it, not what this podcast is about. So, yeah, that's fair. It's had four different names, so eventually they'll they'll get to it. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun taking Jake to his first game. I, you know, Jake took his kids. He took his wife. It was, so the the four of them. It was their first game. His sister and uh, his, his sister's uh, boyfriend, boy, uh, toy. boy toy. Yeah, sister and sister's boy toy. It was their first game. So six, all six of them was their first game. And then I took my daughter, uh, did not take my son, but did take my three-year-old daughter. So it was her first game. I did ask the Twitter universe if it was her fault that we lost. And, and the majority of people said, no, it was not her fault. Uh, about a third of you blamed me. And actually, a third of you blamed James as well. So sad. Hashtag James out. The sad reality is probably my fault. Because uh, it seems any professional sport that I go to, we always lose, whichever side I'm cheering for. So what that we means is from Lambo, yeah, yeah. So what, what that means is we can blame Sam because he bought you. So exactly. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, and I guess technically, James, I did bring you the two times that you were there when we lost big. Yeah. How did he get banned from Lambo? That's. A- <laughs> No, Jake. No, Jake has never gotten banned from Lambo. It's just as, as a fellow Packer fan with Jake, I would not want him to go to Lambo. That's a good call. He did get me kicked out of a college <laughs> bar during my bachelor party when I was thirty, and there was a two thousands emo pop punk band, pop punk cover band playing, and he got me kicked out for it. Classic. There's a lot of, uh, I believe there was a riding bull in the, in the uh, said bar. There was a riding bull and I, w- I was on it. <laughs> yes, and, you were. And, and this was silly. Like, in, and I, I am not, you know, these bouncers put up with a lot. But Jake is uh, leaning on the edge of, of like the ring or whatever around the riding bull. And you're not supposed to do that. And it's loud in there because there's an emo pop punk cover band there. And the bouncer tells him that he has to move off. And, and Jake is like laughing because he's watching me make an A of myself. And 
I think the bouncer thought that Jake was just blowing him up and the bouncer is probably very used to just dealing with, uh, you know, stuck up frat boys and just assume that Jake was one of them because Jake and I still pass for college kids. And so he kicks us all out. In my defense, I didn't know what he was saying and I was laughing at you. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a good time. It was fun taking, again, seven people that had never been to Alliance Field. It was fun taking them there. It was fun taking my taking my daughter there, kind of making that first memory. Uh, and it, I I will say I I did feel like I don't want to use the word big shot because I we're we're like up with the old people and little kids, kind of looking down on the Wonder Wall. We're in that corner. Close to the Wonder Wall. Which was a great spot, by the way. That's one thing I, I really, really appreciated about that field is it was so open. There were, didn't seem like there was a bad seat in the house. And I didn't understand. I didn't even know about the Wonder Wall. And so experiencing that for the first time was amazing. I wish I got to actually truly experience the Wonder Wall Oasis. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, I know for sure I'm going to come back. Yeah. And, and like looking down, like from doing this podcast, we've gotten to get to know a lot of people and like looking down uh, and, and, you know, my friends in the dark clouds, I'll, I'll be honest, we're looking down at the true North elite side, but I, I was able to kind of spot people that I knew from the true North elite and, and point them out. And I, I just felt like a big shot sort of explaining, explaining to these guys. Oh yeah. Like, I've met, I've met that person right there, that person holding the big flag. I met them through the podcast or do you see that person down there like shouting out and stuff like that? I've met them through the podcast. Like, I don't know. I, I felt like a big of a, a, a bit of a big shot, but it's more <laughs> a big shot. not really. But, <laughs> <laughs> Justin and I, in the last episode and, and James, you, you know, and you can, James, you can talk about your 24 hour uh, game-a-thon or stream-a-thon or whatever you call that. You can talk about that in just a little bit, but Justin and I, in the last episode, we were talking about how, how James is starting to be a big shot in his Twitch streaming. Like he's being invited to Las Vegas, like all expenses paid uh, from the Netherlands to Las Vegas. And Justin and I made the comment that we haven't even gotten a free beer yet. I had like immediately three people. Now, granted, these were people that I know in real life, but I had three people immediately being like, hey, can I buy you a beer for doing pot on your looms? I'm sorry, I haven't bought you a beer yet. And I was like, whoa, that was that was not the intent of, of that. We were we were more propping up James rather than trying to throw ourselves a pity party. But. <laughs> Sam, Sam's just harvesting free beer now. Like, oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Like, oh, man, you guys don't have to do that. Oh, but I didn't experience any free beer. Yeah, well, but I, I, he's, he's not enough of a big shot. What can we say? <laughs> but yeah, I should give a shout out specifically to my brother-in-law, Michael, who offered to buy me a beer at Nouvelle. My, my wife is in the background saying he owes me a few. And a shout out to Emma. Emma tried to buy us a beer. I guess I should take that back because technically I went on my birthday. So... Because I went on my birthday, I did get a free beer uh, by my sister and her her boyfriend. So that, I guess, technically was a, a free beer. And the beer selection there was was very good. I was I was pleasantly surprised. 
Yeah, I uh, I found it quite good when I went to Allianz. Like, I haven't actually been to that many football stadiums, soccer stadiums, uh, in my time. But yeah, like it was it was quite reasonable. I mean, my credit card didn't work, which was just mm, so good. <laughs> That's the quickest way to get free beer. That's like the cheat the cheat code is you, you're this- foreigner. Your card doesn't work. People just buy stuff for you. I love how when you were describing football, you uh, changed it to soccer and you immediately kind of put in a southern accent. Soccer. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's what yeah, they do. That's what they do. <laughs> that's what we do. You just got to make it as American as possible. Our beer selection is reasonable. I would not say our prices are reasonable. <laughs> I'd, but. I'd concur. But yeah, um, so there's that. Yeah, quick. I mean, not that anyone wants us to talk about two losses, but very quick, James, you want to tell us about your 24-hour charity stream that you did? Yeah, listening listening back to you guys listening in on it, that was like so, so weird. But yeah, it was good fun. We did a 24-hour charity stream uh, for, a, for a charity in Australia that helps out kids in hospital. Um, they kind of go in and help kids have fun when they're stuck in hospital and, uh, and they're pretty sick Starlight Children's Foundation. I know there's a Starlight in America as well, which is like slightly confusing. But yeah, we helped, uh, we helped Starlight Children's Foundation raise like 300 euros or so. We did some giveaways. It was, uh, it was a good time. We had fun. I was reasonably tired by the end. So yeah, we, uh, we had a public holiday just like it is today. Late Labor Day is today, right? It is Labor Day. Yeah, that's why we're coming at you. Actually, that's probably why Justin's not here today is Justin's probably at his dad's cabin, like just loving life. Yeah, you got to put all your white clothes away, right? Because you can't wear white after Labor Day. That's what I. That's what I got from. That's what I got from Dukes of Hazard. You can't. That's the only like one. You can't wear white after (laughs) Labor Day. Okay, you don't know who Michelle Branch is, but you know, obscure references from Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, that was that was a movie, you know. It was all good. I know it. I was like TV show and movie. I mean, very successful. <laughs> yeah, I, I to be fair, I never watched a TV show, but I watched a movie a lot with uh yeah. So that was my thing. Hopefully you're wearing some Daisy Dukes while you were Daisy Duking. Always. In fact, I was drinking moonshine last week. I was uh, I was sending a picture to the guys. Impressive. So yeah, also update on my trip. It's no longer going to be Vegas. Uh, it's a it's going to be moved to New York. So we're gonna we're gonna see how that goes. Well, shoot, I'd be more likely to crash New York than Vegas. Yeah, you can come hang in the big the Big Apple, right? I mean, I've never been to either, so <laughs> either one's fine. <laughs> Doesn't bother me. Maybe both are nice. Both are nice. And honestly, both are a place I would go to once a year, once every other year. I've been to Vegas twice. I've been in New York probably three times. If I I like New York a lot. To me, New York is the kind of place where you just can never get bored of it, similar to like London. Uh, I forget which famous author made that quote. Was it like Oscar Wilde or someone like that? Like if you're bored of London, you're bored of life. Like that's how New York is. You can get bored of Vegas. Like you can stay too long in Vegas. Okay. Fair enough. Like, how long is the trip from, like, New York to, uh, like, wherever the Pats are from? Like, Boston? Yeah, how long How long is that trip? Probably, like, an hour or less by flight. 
maybe like I think by train, two to three hours by car. Yeah, I think by train it's about two hours. Because hmm. the pets are uh, the pets are playing the yeah yeah the pets are playing the Colts hmm. when I might be there. So that might be a two hour trip I need to make. It'd be worth it. I mean, you could see the really nice American so, uh, <laughs> public transit system. Well, that's yeah. the other thing, and I've never been to Boston, but the Patriots don't play in Boston. They play in Foxborough, which everyone complains is really kind of far outside of Boston. So you'd have to, like, before you make that commitment, check and see what it takes for you to get from the Boston airport to Foxborough. Okay. Good call. Because I remember, because you don't, your Australian driver's license expired, and since moving to Europe, you haven't gotten a new one. And, like, I remember suggesting that you get that figured out before coming to America. And a couple of days before you were set to arrive, you were like, hey, I'll, I'll, it's okay. I'll just take the public transit. And I'm like, dude, like, I live in Plymouth. Like, what kind of public transit do you think we have? And, like, I, I did look it up. And you can get from Plymouth to Target Field in, like, two hours by bus. But that's a 15-minute drive. Like, 15-minute drive or two-hour bus ride in. Yeah, that was that was quite sad. Boston might lie. be a little bit better, though, so. But you have the Uber app. Uh, any anyway, like probably enough BSing. Um, we we lose to Bossy. We lose two games in one week. We drop from third place to fifth place in the West with only five games left. Doomsday Jeremy texted us in our group chat. We went from third to holding on. I think he summarizes that pretty well. You guys ever have one of those moments where you you hear a song and, and you're like, this song just is everything I feel right now? Yeah. Yep. So like which song are you thinking? No, it, it's just like Jake was over and when you're when you're over with someone when when you're kind of hanging out, having a few beverages with someone that you haven't seen in a while, you kind of you play those songs that you used to listen to back in the day. So we're, we're listening to some 2000s music and Jake brings up he, he brings up this Spotify station called Boys Like Girls Radio. And it, it had some bangers. It definitely had some bangers. And I, I hear this song and it just it reminded me of Debasi. You know, just just hear me out really quick. This takes, I mean, this takes us back. Yeah, right. I feel like I tried using a couple of those lines, you know, picking up chicks in college and some terrible, terrible bars like the pickle and the pio and stuff like that. It was like one of those 90% of the time it works every time kind of things. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like. I don't know, like to me that that's Debasi, right? Like his voice was the soundtrack of our summer. You know, how do we go from starting the season with three French guys and now we're down to only like zero? Down to only zero. <laughs> how did that happen? Like we lost three French guys. Just 
It's just, look, we're South America, we're Boca de Nord, and that's it. Like, we don't, well, yeah, we don't do, we don't French do like, guys. we don't do Southern Europe, okay? All the French guys are gone. You know, the, those eyes, those eyes are the brightest of all the colors. Man, I don't ever want to love another. <laughs> did we figure out what's, what year did that song come out? We were, I think, a little bit old when that song came out. So we were a little bit past, like, just the swoon. But just picture, like, this guy with the hair that you had to blow out of your eyes. And, and he, he's just on his, his guitar, just singing emotionally into a microphone. And everyone's just swooning at him. I was really struggling right there to work out who the three French people are. But then, because, like, the, the stats only list Adrian Hanou as actually being French. Because he's he's the only one that like actually is committed to France, whereas Bakay Debassi and Roman Metinera are, are like committed to other national teams, even though they're born in France, which is just super confusing. But yeah, we they're, they're Frenchies. Yeah, but yeah, we lost all three Frenchies. So that song came out in two thousand six, like the year we graduated high school. So over 15 years ago, how many like 16 year olds older existence to that song? <laughs> I'm sure there's a f- one or two. Mate, I, I was still I was still deep. I was still deep in high school when that came out. <laughs> I wasn't close to graduating at that point. I was still in high school when that came out. All right. Well, so just so you're aware, New York, New York to Gillette Stadium is about three hours and 50 minutes by um, by car. Yeah, I, I, I checked. It was about eight hours by public transport. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's sad. Just sad. Sort it out, guys. All right, let's go over some news. So, Debassi goes down, and Loon's Twitter all wants us to sign John Brooks. Justin and I last week said, yeah, that would be great. If that happens, get psyched. Probably not going to happen. And of course, he signs with Benfica, one of the Portuguese giants. So, yeah, a a guy that's going to sign with Benfica isn't coming to Minnesota United. Or I should say probably isn't coming to Minnesota United. Like Benfica is a big deal. Um, The dream is dead. Uh, The dream is dead. The Loons did not sign a central... uh, the Loons did not sign a center back before the MLS roster freeze this past Friday. A lot of people in a hizzy about this. I, honestly, like this was what I kind of expected. I think we have, I think we have options at center back. I think Brent Coleman, you, you know, Brent, Brent Coleman has proven that he is probably one of the better backup center backs in the league. Who are you going to replace him with? Um, we have Nabi Kimanguchi. We have Callum Montgomery, uh, both able to play center back as well. We also have people like Kervin Ariaga who have played center back. We have Kamar Lawrence has played center back before. Robin Lud seems like he can play anything. So we have people that can slide into center back if we need someone. To me, it made a lot of. Yeah, would I have liked us to go out and get a John Brooks? Yeah, that would have been great. Would I have liked us to go out and find another? 
person we've never heard of that is amazing, like what we did when we signed Baki Debasi originally. Yeah, that would have been great. That's not what we did. I think Brent Coleman, honestly, probably better than, ah, shoot, Jake, you taught economics for a while. What, what do you call, what do you call it when like cost of replacement, like replacement value? Yeah. Replacement value, the replacement value of Brent Coleman, just, it wasn't there. It just, it wasn't there. It, to me, this makes sense. What do you guys think? I mean, I kind of agree. Um, I also saw a very interesting tweet, and I don't know how accurate it is, basically saying that the the main issue that we're going to have is that uh, Debussy and Boxall played like different roles at centre-back, so they complemented each other very well, but Coleman and Boxall play a similar kind of role, so now you're actually missing kind of the other half of that. So, and I mean, you look at it, right? We let in six goals in two games. So obviously it wasn't always defenders' faults, right? But you you definitely see a difference that it's not that kind of complementing style. It's both players trying to play the same, which doesn't super work out. But I also think, yeah, like what were you going to do? You were going to have to, you, like everyone knew you would need a centre-back. So everyone who you could get a center back from or any kind of free agent would just charge top dollar because they knew you were desperate, right? So they knew it would, it would, you had to choose. And if you don't choose anyone, then you, you kind of have to sit with what you got. But I don't know, man, like it's, you're heading towards playoffs already. There's not that many games left and, and we're trying to fit a new center, not like a new center back, but we're trying to like build the rapport going and, kind of late into the season i just hope we we can work it out because i mean like the the midweek game we did we didn't even feel like a proper lineup really we just kind of threw some pieces out there to see what happened we got flogged but saturday was actually like the good team and we we still didn't look good for like yeah, this, three minutes this is the mls i i've brought this up before i think MLS fans, most of us have a team in Europe that we cheer for. And most of us have a team in Europe that is of significant size that we cheer for. And, you know, when you when you cheer for a big six England team or one of the Spanish giants, you you have this depth that is not existent within the MLS. Um, it, it, it frankly just isn't there. And every team goes through this, even right. Even L.A. Galaxy goes through this. Even LAFC goes through this. Every MLS team is kind of in the same boat when one of their starters gets hurt. Yes, some of them are able to fill those holes better than others. But every team is in the same boat. Every team is in the same boat. We are not the only team that has lost a, you know, a, a, a guy in our first 11. And Frankly, and I know it's tough saying this after we've just lost two in a row. We've we've just lost two ugly games in a row. But, you know, I, we weren't going to ride or die just by losing one guy. And at least you hope, right? I mean, that's always the goal is that those 11, those 11 guys are working together as one. And, yeah, it's uh, it was a tough back-to-back losses for sure. I, I would say, though, 
I would like to thank uh, Chicharito for butchering that last-minute penalty. Uh, he tried to Penenka, and it was terrible. If you haven't seen it, it's all over Twitter, especially the Spanish commentator just laughing at him, like full-blown laughing at him when he tries to Penenka in like the 97th minute when they're two all against SKC because that really helped us because uh, that cost them two points and they are a game behind and five points behind. So they could have been a game behind and three points behind, which would have been much more concerning. So, yeah, thanks, Chicharito, for uh, for making our life a little bit easier. I know it's not quite injury, but it's a tangent that at least that happened. Yeah. So, so just a quick rundown of the other teams of note. The U.S. women's national team has friendlies versus Nigeria. They already had a 4-1 win on Saturday in Kansas City. This Tuesday, so we're recording Monday night. So tomorrow night, September 6th, Washington, D.C. Tuesday, September 6th, Washington. It's in Washington, D.C. It's at 5 p.m. Central on ESPN2. So check it out if you have time. Our buddies in Ford Madison, uh, the, the Mingos, also not the greatest uh, stretch of games. 0-1 loss at Union Omaha this past Wednesday, and then a 2-2 draw at Greenville Triumph on Saturday. They're in seventh place with six games left, and only the top six teams make the playoffs. Finally, the Dubloons, 1-2 loss versus North Texas SC on Saturday. That is the team affiliated with SC Dallas. They're in six with two games to go. That loss actually eliminated them from the playoffs, so they are out of contention. The dream is officially dead for the doubloons. Who's their coach? Do they need to be out? Do we need to fire a trainer? Who do we <laughs> who do we get out of? <laughs> no, I mean, I think it was a very respectable effort by the doubloons to finish, you know, essentially mid-table, right? Um yeah, there was some there was some quality looking players out there. Like Azil Jackson looks real good. Uh Devin Paddleford. I think that's his name. He looked real I think, good. I as think well. yes, it's his name, but I think it's Padelford. Padelford? Yeah. Yeah. Padelford looked real good as well. So yeah, there's definitely some uh, there's definitely some talent in there. And yeah, you know, first season, mid pretty much mid table, just missed playoffs in the last couple of games. That's all right. I'll be honest, you and Justin have done a better job following the doubloons than I have. I it it takes me a lot just to watch every Minnesota United game. And uh <laughs> you know, I try to watch the Chelsea games as well. And um obviously earlier in the summer I was watching the Aurora games. I I the doubloons, I'm I'm happy we have the doubloons. And I, I get excited hearing about some of these prospects that we have, and I, I wish the best for them. And I, I'm bummed that I didn't make it to a game. And I'm not going to make it to a game. Kind of bummed about that, but it it just that was not in the cards for me. I, I that's all right. We got you back. Got I you have back. I have two kids. You and Justin did a good job following them, and and Justin's not here to kind of go back and forth with you on that. Yeah, they'll uh, they'll get them next year. But like like I said, there's some very there's some very exciting talent. Like a couple of guys who are now have played for for the loons like i've played a bit for the doubloons so it's good to kind of see uh kind of see we have like a youth system kind of that that looks like it works so well and even giving some of our like actual 
you know, like an Jackson Jackson who has gotten, who has gotten caps with the loons, given him some action with the doubloons so that he's not just rotten on the bench. Didn't Adrian Hanu play for the doubloons as yeah, well? Yeah, that was point? weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he played a decent amount for the doubloons, which was a little bit sad. Yeah. Again, we started the year with three Frenchies and now we have zero. And yeah. He he also scored in uh Liga Un, I saw. Uh so he he got back to his scoring ways back in France. So I'm happy for him. At least he's doing what he did before he, he came to us. There you go. Yeah, it, it probably should be me that's out because none of my teams know how to score goals. And then when their goal scorers go to other teams, they do, they do well. Like Timo Werner, uh, you all know I'm a Chelsea fan. Timo <laughs> Werner already has a hat trick now that he's back with RB Leipzig. Look, number and, Sam Sam and number nines. They're just yeah. not a compatible combo. Hey, I, I you know what? Luis Samaria, I, I, I think he has proven that he is... He is the guy for the loons. It's true. He only trails Reynoso by one goal. Yeah, right. Which, not that Reynoso started the season at 100%. I'm still sad that Robin Lud dropped off. I was I was so excited. Now he's just stuck in central midfield. I, I mean, through no fault of his own, you can't be like, oh, damn you, Robin, for being so versatile. How dare you? How dare you be able to play every every position? Maybe even maybe maybe even maybe even center back. But damn you, damn you. <laughs> so we lost three zero at Real Salt Lake. Wow, both games were three zero. What the man? Yeah, man? It was terrible, brutal, just absolutely brutal, and so quick for the the one that we were watching, Sam. Oh yeah, like I, oh, man. But finally, there's there's games where I don't have to like use half my night just to watch a game. Like it's on at a reasonable time for me. I'm like, okay, this is not going bad. And then within three minutes, like I went out, I went out to do something, and then I came back, and someone's like, what, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "It scored three times in less than three minutes. <laughs> it's terrible." You're you're talking about the Dallas game, right? Oh yeah, sorry. All right, we we skipped ahead. I mean, what's the point in even going over the RSL game? I do want to go over this goofy lineup because it was. was goofy. It, it was. Yeah, it was different. Um, we, we still had DSC in the goal. Our back line was, you know, relatively what you would expect. Uh, DJ Taylor, Brent Coleman, Michael Boxall and uh, Benitez. That was our back line. But then it, so we, we played a 4-3-3. Our midfield was uh, Joseph Rosales, Will Trapp and... Jonathan Gonzalez, and then our attack was Dinladi, Garcia, and Longwane. So we we left quite a few of our big guys on the bench. Reynoso wasn't even in the lineup. Um, I, I think it, it it should be noted, I, both Franco and Reynoso were one yellow card away from a suspension going into this game. So I don't know if that factored into the decision-making for this lineup. Um, we substitutes we we did use quite a few subs uh we brought on tyler miller for dane st Clair at the half because dane st Clair, i think he dislocated his finger or something yeah yeah he dislocated his finger they popped it back in but they were like we're gonna we're gonna arrest you so they yeah tyler miller in. make makes sense right um o'neill fisher right and we were already losing by then um o'neill fisher was on for benitez in the 45th so also at halftime uh robin lud came on for dunlady 
that halftime switch uh, made it. So it was a four, two, three, one, like we normally rock. And then the 60th minute we put on Amaria for Garcia and the 69th minute Ariaga for Rosales. So it was a game of subs, a lot of subs that game. Yeah, we, we were already two nil down at halftime, so it makes sense. I mean, it, it does show that we were going for it. I, I mean, when you're when you're down like that at half, I, I mean, I I could see just throwing on some guys you want to have get minutes, and you in, instead throw on Robin Lud, and eventually throw on Luis Amaria. So you you threw on the guys that you wanted to try to take control over the game, but it just it just didn't work out. I don't think we need to talk about this anymore. Do you want to talk anymore about this? No, we had uh, terrible XG and zero shots on target. So, yeah, I have to teach in the morning for the first time all year. So I, I don't know. I, I don't really want to waste any more time talking about this game. Let's instead move <laughs> to about our the other. other yeah. <laughs> and this was a big game. Like we were third place going into this game. Dallas was fourth. Like it just. We were riding some momentum. It was a beautiful day, right? It was it was a gorgeous day to be at Allianz Field. It was beautiful. It just uh, was not a beautiful game. Yeah, and I, I, it it was it was the beautiful game, not a beautiful game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. This lineup was a little bit more of what you would expect. It was Dane St. Clair in the goal. Our back line was Lawrence, Coleman, Boxy, and Taylor. Our midfield was Lud and Trap. Our attacking midfield was Fregapane, Reynoso, and Longwane. And up top was Luis Amaria. Let's go over these stats, man. Like 42% of the possession compared to 58 for Dallas. Shots on target, only two shots on target out of 15. So 13% compared to Dallas, which Dallas was three for 10 or 30%. We did slightly have Dallas in terms of expected goals, 1.22 expected goals for us compared to their 0.9. So like they did outperform their expected goals by over two goals. That, that is significant, but I don't know. Like, Watching that game, I didn't think that those were lucky goals by any means. I mean, obviously, the first goal was a, was a game changer just in the sense that it gave them all. The defense had the opportunity to stop it and actually kicked it in. So, of course, you have that going, and then that just seemed to create a tidal wave of enthusiasm from uh, FC Dallas. Oh, yeah. yeah box. Sorry, James. I was going to say, yeah, Boxy's, I mean, Boxy was just, you know, cursed if you do, cursed if you don't. If he doesn't touch that ball, it's probably going in, and he touches that ball and it goes in. So, yeah. You forgot to mention, Sam, we had five subs. Again. Uh, yeah. I mean, does it matter? Like, <laughs> does no. it matter? Because <laughs> everyone's just waiting for us to get to the point where I ask, is the sky falling? Okay, because we were in third place. Now we're in fifth. 13 wins, five draws, 11 losses. We are at 44 points with now only a plus one goal differential. Okay, we were at plus seven. Now we're at plus one. This momentum that we had, 
right? Earlier when I was talking about your voice is the soundtrack of my summer. Like, this is what I mean. Like, we're only a few days into, into September. And, like, th- things are not looking up the way that they once were. Let me ask you, is the sky falling? my typical positive attitude no of course it's not falling like we still have a game on fc dallas and nashville who are third and fourth and if we win that game we go back to third so like if we beat portland we're in third so no the sky's not falling if we lose to portland portland will portland yeah portland will overtake us uh, and they're seventh, and we're fifth, so that won't be good. Um, but historically, aren't we playing at Portland? Yeah, historically, we do quite well at Portland. Yeah, we, I mean, yeah, we have the, been. I, I, I mean, some of these I'm always like, because Port, Portland does pretty well at home in general. Some of these I'm like, what is the trend? Like you, ha- you have already, our team is a lot different than it was three years ago. Like what, what stock do you take in that going year to year when you say, Oh, we, we traditionally do well against Portland away last year. We lost to Portland, uh, at, at, on, on, you know, at their home turf in the playoffs. So whatever, it's not impossible to win at Providence park. It's not impossible to win. Is the sky falling right now? I, I think it's premature to say that it's falling. We 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 had been very hot. We had been uncharacteristically hot, you could say. And now we are uncharacteristically cold. We are a team that sort of our identity is, sure, we don't necessarily score a lot, but we have a dangerous attack and we don't let in a lot of goals. Well, the past two games, we've let in six and and scored zero for ourselves. So our offense has been very flat and our defense has been leaky. Is this this a fluke? Is this a fluke or is this a new trend? I think it's premature to say. I, I think time will tell. I think the, you know, Minnesota is also, you know, like, it's not like the offense has been so off. There was m- multiple shots uh, that got close. It just it didn't it didn't hit right. So I I think you know out of my very very uh, novice expertise is I, I the sky's not falling, but they they need to start um, really figuring out some things and getting to that click because um, that offense did look off consistently um the defense there's a couple lucky goals i would say there's two very very lucky goals but for the most part uh the offense had potential it just didn't didn't go get into the back of the net yeah and the other thing to remember is like we also were playing with 10 men near the end um franco and this was the most super confusing me like this was so confusing for me because in the first half, they attributed a yellow card to Reynoso. So when you are watching on the broadcast, Ray got a yellow. And then 69th minute, Franco suddenly picks up a second yellow and then gets sent off. 
But nowhere okay. did he pick up his first yellow. If you were in the stadium, if you were in the stadium, it was very clear that the yellow went to Franco, and not yeah. Ray. On yeah, on the on the broadcast, the graphic said that Ray got a yellow, which yeah. was super confusing. Like when Franco got sent off, you had to go back and realize that. So that that was wasn't... a mistake, but I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to complain about that because from the stands it seemed like both of those yellows were super soft. And I would also say from the stands, it just seemed like Dallas was spending too much time on the ground. And I was interested to hear from you guys, like what did the commentary say about Dallas being on the ground all the time? To me, it seemed yeah. like they were falling all over the place. So I'm going to be severely unhelpful in the fact that my stream had no commentary. Yeah, that's right. I always forget that you get these weird <laughs> <Sorry>. streams that... <laughs> But I did I did notice, like like you said, I think I was texting you guys as well. Like they're number four, who Franco actually got sent off for for I think for kicking in the, the shin or whatever it was. Like he was down on the ground so much near that halfway line, just constantly falling over and constantly going down. And and then I think he took I'm gonna say Brett Coleman, he took someone from behind. Might have taken Franco from behind, but yeah. Like there was definitely a tackle that he did wasn't good, but yeah, I was so surprised that Franco got sent off for for <laughs> didn't really seem like much. So yeah, I remember I was messaging you and Sam's like, did, did Franco just get sent off? Like what like it's so like what happened? <laughs> like it's so soft. Yeah, it I mean right, like usually when something like this happens, it's just there's a lot of emotion. It, like it, it doesn't seem like it's just another like, oh, like that was a that was a tackle that didn't quite work out. Like whatever. Like there was no emotion in the crowd, and then we just kind of hear, oh, Franco Fragapane, second yellow red card, out for the game. And I go, all right, see you, Franco. Yep, down the tunnel. See you later. Yeah. yeah, that was also yeah, it was super bizarre because just like I said, like you just you never saw his first yellow. I, I'm like, is this a straight red? Like they're showing a yellow like graphic as well, and then he's walking down the tunnel. Did he get subbed? Like what is happening? So that was this this is the problem about watching in person, is that especially when you do a podcast, is yes, watching in person is more fun and you get the energy of the game and, and it just kind of consumes you and you watch it closer than you ever would in, in especially where we were like, we had great seats. There's not a bad seat in Allianz, but it's not like we were super close. It's not like we were at the, you know, the, the half line, like it was not necessarily easy to see exactly what happened and shoot. Yeah. Probably wish Justin was on. Some of you at home are listening to this right now, and you may think like Franco fully deserved those yellow cards. But from where I was in section 116, I thought it was pretty soft. And I would concur. <laughs> <laughs> and from where I was in section 116, I thought Dallas was on the ground a lot. And I would concur. Six seats down. James, in Europe, like in, in Europe, I, I would say over in, in CONCACAF, we some con some countries probably are more prone to do the gamesmanship. Some some uh, 
some some countries are, are more prone to having people on the ground in Europe. Where would England fall in that ranking? Like is is England more likely to play tough and to, and to not like milk things to try to get favorable calls from the officials? Or is England more likely to milk things in order to get favorable calls from the officials? I th- I think like overall there it's a little bit like it's much tougher. Like a lot of people kind of come to to England, like foreigners will come to England and like the the kind of uh the toughness and and the kind of speed of the game is just not for them. But there's definitely a few players that will just milk it for all it's worth. But think the national team, right? Like think think the people that are actually that actually are English. Like is are there certain European countries that are more known for being tough and certain European countries that are more prone to acting like Neymar? I think the further south you go in Europe, the more like Neymar it's going to be. Okay. I would think like like the Dutch and the the Germans are usually pretty like You've got to take them out with like a, a shovel, but uh, like the, the lower down, like France and Italy and Spain are a bit more. You touched me and I'm going to die. OK, so you I, I guess what I'm wondering is Adrian Heath being an English guy. And and he seems like a guy that and I, I didn't watch him back in the day. I know some of you have gone through and watched his highlights, but Adrian Heath seems like the kind of guy that would have been a tough player. Yeah. I don't know. I I guess what I'm getting at is it doesn't really feel like with the exception of occasionally Ray, though Ray is tough as nails. It doesn't really feel like our guys spend a ton of time on the ground compared to the teams that we go up against. And I wonder if part of that is having an English guy as our coach. Is there any, am I on to anything here? Am I just, what do, you what do you think? So I'm going to just jump in here just because I have a buddy who played uh, collegiate and beyond for just a little bit of his life. And he always said playing against South American teams was always a, uh, a theatrical experience. And um, just looking at the lineup, you know, with uh, Colum- there's, you know, Colombia, Ecuador, um, actually quite a few Colombians from uh, FC Dallas. I wonder if that did have something to do with it. Um, they are a little bit more theatrical, even in the, the few games that I played with some South uh, South American players. Um, it has it has become a little. It does seem to become a little theatrical at times. Um, and I don't know if that has something to do with it, but um, you know, you compare the lineups of where people are from. Maybe that maybe that is a dynamic that that is worth exploring. Well, and like, you know, you know, our, our lineup, it's not like we have a ton of English people playing uh, in our starting 11, but we do have an English coach. I, you know, just quickly looked up, where is Nico Estevez, uh, the FC Dallas coach? Where is he from? You know, James, James said the further south in Europe you get, the more gamesmanship you maybe see. Nico Estevez is a Spaniard. I don't know. I, I do not know if I'm on anything. I've thought this before. I've thought this many times when watching Minnesota United is our guy. And, and this may be completely biased, 
this may be completely biased. I'd be interested in hearing what people out there have to say about this, but it just seems like our guys don't spend a ton of time on the ground compared to other MLS uh, other MLS squads. I wonder if Adrian Heath being an English guy has anything to do with it. I don't know. I don't know either. Okay. Well, um, you know, I, again, I, I got to teach. I got my first day of teaching tomorrow. So I, my, my mind is in other places at the moment, but we have some remaining games home. versus I will LA. Say, So I will say just before you get into that, it would be remiss of me not to say that Kervin Ariaga spends a lot of time on the ground as, uh, as doomsday likes to point out repeatedly. <laughs> uh, always seems to be Kervin who's on the ground. That's probably the only player. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's it's tough to say that about Reynoso. I mean, Reynoso's on the ground a lot, but he also gets hacked up like crazy. And I think Reynoso oh, yeah. has kind of shown that he he is tough as nails. Um, yeah, who knows? Anyway, next up, away versus Portland, Saturday, September 10th, 9 p.m. Central. Oh, I hate those ones. Um, seventh, They are seventh place in the West with 42 points. Their last meeting, a 4-4 draw at Allianz Field. That was July 30th. Our remaining games, though, we have home versus LAFC Tuesday, September 13th, 7 p.m. Away versus Sporting Kansas City Saturday, September 17th, 7.30 p.m. That's when Justin's going to be in Munich. That That's crazy. Um, yeah, we're going to hang out. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to hear that. Maybe you guys can do a show together from there. Not in Munich, in Amsterdam, obviously. Yeah, in, in yeah. Amsterdam. It doesn't even have to be about soccer. You guys could just go to a bar, like turn on your phone. It can be like a bonus episode. Yeah, you have fun editing bar noise out of I'm, it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to edit it. But you guys can. <laughs> you guys can log in from a bar and do whatever you want. Away versus San Jose, Saturday, October first, nine p.m. Central. I will be in Madison for that one. Uh, I am. Uh, yeah, I'm going to the Badger game that that day. And then home versus Man- Vancouver. That's decision day, Sunday, October 9th, 4 p.m. Central. You know what's good about this game is that this game will overrun, uh, almost overrun into my birthday. Very fact, good. I think it will overrun into my birthday. Four plus seven is 11 last time I checked. So the second half will be on my birthday. So they better win. There you go. Yeah, the San Jose game is on my birthday, which yeah. hence why I will be in Madison at a Badger game. I just hope it has nothing to do with birthdays because my birthday was just this past weekend. Oh, happy, no. Happy birthday, Jake. Yeah, happy birthday, dude. Thanks, but uh, I wish it was happier. No, it's all good. It's It's all good. We had a good time. Well, Guys, I I don't really have anything else to say. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Thank you, everyone out there who is listening. I hope you had a wonderful Labor Day weekend. If you had the day off, if you did not have the day off, I hope you got time and a half. And overall, just I hope you can just peace out and pot on with the loons, all right? Peace out, pot on your loons. Peace out, pot on your loons. See ya.